Welcome to Family Business Insights, the official podcast of Family Business United, with me, your host, Paul Andrews, where we're looking to get behind the scenes of family firms, address the challenges they face, and discuss the matters of importance to the family business community around the world. Joining me in the studio today is Zita Nicoletta Verbeni, founder and creator of The Legacy Atelier. She's a massive family business and family office advocate who holds a wealth of expertise and profound insights into the most critical dynamics and matters facing business-owning families. She's also been passionately exploring the world of different narrative constellations since the age of 10, bringing together all the most important facets of multi-generational legacies through their different family eras, and she fuses the various capitals with the historical and business aspects of each family legacy to highlight key facets of each family's precious collective family intelligence. Today, we're going to be exploring the world of family business legacy. So, Tita, you're the founder of the Legacy Atelier. Let's start by just telling me a little bit about what the business does and, and your background to get to where you are today. Um, yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me, Paul. Um, the Legacy Atelier is a curation lab, a legacy curation lab and art mezzanine in one. And we help uh, business families map, understand and preserve their legacy in a way that they can get to enjoy and really appreciate it and, and learn from it as well. So we guide families uh, to add their legacy marks and build upon their legacy as well and pass it on to the next generation. Um, and all what we do is really based on the educational, the engaging and inspirational um, aspects of these programs and artistics, artistic legacy based projects. Um, and we work with the uh, power of the arts and aesthetics. Which sounds fascinating and, and, and obviously something you're very passionate about. And I, I see in your bio that you've been doing um, an interest in this field since the age of about 10 years old. So it all started at a very young age for you, too, didn't it? Absolutely. And uh, these are sort of really exploration journeys. And, and what I found really fascinating about this market that is still very nascent. So it's like 30 or 40 uh, years old. And so we all can add a lot of, um, uh, well, there's still a lot of ground for us to explore, but also to add a lot of uh, new research and, and methods, um, how we are serving families. And why I came in and how I came, came into the picture is really because of my background, uh, which is quite unique, because I bring in, um, I read philo philology at the university and Italianistics and um, five years history of art in secondary school, an additional five history of art in university as well as all the aesthetic studies there um, and I wrote my diploma in comparative aesthetics so I, I, I have a deeply compressive brain and why is that useful for families <laughs> and I explain why um, <laughs> is, um, is that because I bring um, all these different parties and concepts and objects together and, and try to critically deconstruct everything and find synergies between them so this really helps me to bring together all the multifaceted and multi-layered um, elements of families and really synthesize that. So everything what surrounds us is, is a construct and we co-create um, everything really and we perceive our own reality um, still very differently. But everything is this composition and has structure. So how can we untangle beautifully um, all these layers of families and of their legacies uh, via the power of the arts and aesthetics and philosophy is something extraordinary, really. So I um, have been in this um, field for 10 plus years and, and really explored all angles and have you know, had all these hundreds and if not thousands of 
in-depth conversations with, with families and, and covering uh, the most critical topics for um, for families and their um, sort of leadership talent and has been have been also ex exposed to all these uh, solution and service providers and educational institutions and really everyone in this space and um, and, and really felt that there's just much innovation that is needed <laughs> uh, on many angles and so I, I decided to bring in some of this innovation innovation in family governance and um, innovation re regarding the mapping and understanding element which is I find is absolutely vital. And, um, and I also find that this is a critical missing piece uh, from family governance, because how can um, possibly a family come together on a mission and a vision um, if there are still many family members who just don't want to give, the, uh, you know, give their buy-in because they either wish to please the family members or they want to get rid of the exercise, of the exercise because uh, they want to be left alone. So bringing together the family members um, uh, by a, a proprietary method that I, I developed uh, is something extremely extraordinary and, and families have been absolutely loving it really. I, I, listening to you is fascinating and the words you use it, sh it shows your passion for what you do. I, I want to step back really and, and let's, let's try and take some of the layers away just to try and understand a little bit more about the importance of, I guess of what you do. So, so you're, you're taking everything that you can find in the different facets of the family history, the legacy, the narrative, um, the individuals and bringing it together. But do you think families make enough and understand and appreciate enough the actual term legacy to start with? Well, uh, there is a growing um, element in there and, and I think there is a growing appreciation. And, and from all the, um, the, the conversations um, that I've been having with the most successful um, of families, multi-generational family businesses uh, all around the world, the ones that really succeed um, appreciate uh, their legacy. But you're right, it's still underrated and it's still underdeveloped. Um, and most of what's considered legacy works and legacy curation um, is not only starting at historical um, evidences and archivist um, sort of methods um, and cataloging, but also stay there. And that's not really good because historians and archivists um, work uh, is, is highly um, uh, critical. Um, but it's very much, um, well, um, it's limited <laughs> from so many angles because they do not work necessarily with the family. They work with what they grasp and, and, and what they unearth is, is highly um, valuable and invaluable for families. But there are lots of other layers that need to tap into. Um, and one of the, uh, again, highly underrated uh, labels and, and, and angles um, is the collective family intelligence. So it's not, we are not only talking about the family aspects and the historical aspects and the business aspects, but all the social, cultural, um, the imaginative, all the critical thinking and all the other aspects that come into the play of a family's essence and the family, fam and the very essence and the very, sorry, very fabric of a family. So not tapping into all these angles and the, um, the multi-generational knowledge and wisdom um, that we have as a family is just missing out on a huge amount of um, data, if you'd like to call that, but all the quali qualitative and quantitative multiplicities uh, that are uh, and can be unearthed from all these uh, families, um, just stories and narratives. And so bringing together families around some of these stories, around some of 
these narratives is highly um, um, just beautiful because it creates that um, sense of and evokes that sense of nostalgia for the families. Um, and what I've been hearing a lot from uh, all these very successful, um, really highly multi-generational families that it just gives them a lot of emotional um, sort of uplift um, that it's it's not only uh, a statue, it's not only a painting, it's not only a historical evidence, but it's the very essence of who they are. Yeah. So bringing all those aspects together is something highly meaningful. And if we can make them joyful um, and as well interactive, that their families are not just listening to, uh, to, to advisors or mediators. And, and the other aspects you see is, is not really tapping into the pain points because if families hear, oh, you've got trauma here, oh, let's get into that. That already, that's just not necessarily the, the point of um, reference and the point of departure that you'd like to go by because then it just creates that sense of, oh, really? <laughs> Do we want to get into that? So uh, I work with um, synergies and we work with synergies and really focusing on the convenient and the inconvenient truths um, that are emerging. And so it's a participatory design. It's really about all about the families and the family's experience. So you're touching on the, the the historical, I guess, the historical, the reality, some of the feelings and sensitivities around when decisions were made in the past and then shaping it into something that gives pride and beauty to the family today, but helps shape their future going forward because they understand where they've come from. They understand their purpose. Absolutely. And so legacies are very much looked at as, oh, it's, it's, it's the past, but actually mm-hmm. um, it's very much the presence and the future. So if we are think- if you're thinking about the past um our ancestors um had all that critical decision making and decision taking processes as well so the critical thinking brought into all the technologies that they invented and they deployed and they implemented um as well all the other um aspects of what did uh, and how did the family come together um for generations and so there is a quite a lot that we can tap into and learn from um, and really develop uh, upon that mm. and add our legacy marks in a way that is meaningful, that is still connecting to our past and to our ancestors' mindset and uh, all the value framework and vision and mission. Um, but we can take them and, 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 and take them to a new level and transform. So it's, it's really this decoding and transcoding and transforming all these elements so that we can give them a, a, a very profound new relevance to ourselves and to our daily, day, you know, daily routines, as well as teach them and bring in the next generation so that they can add theirs. So what I've really found fascinating is that past um, experiences can be repelled into the future in a beautiful sort of imaginative and creative um, way. And if families do these together in a co-creation mode, um, it's just something beautiful because it, it really holds them together. So some of the crisis modes that they've um, coming to, um, there is this reference point that they all can gather. They they know they remember that oh we've held together because of these years and because of these um, sort of um, uh, experiences that they've had we've had together. And it's 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 just something very meaningful for them. I guess, yeah, and I, I pick up the Zeta there on the word relevance in terms of we talk about multi-generational families and making sure their business model is still relevant for the consumer base today, and it may not be the same as the consumer base in the past. So I guess you're helping shape the relevance of the family story 
and helping them build on that during their lifetimes. So it's a living legacy. It's not something that just happens after you're not on the planet anymore, but, but you're maintaining the relevance in terms of the family link back to the past, but projecting, as you say, into the future. Absolutely. And this is a very critical element because we are not only speaking about preservation and conservation, but how can we bring all those angles together um, and make them a critical current reference point um, and actually a series of reference points and current relevance and how we can project all that into the future as well so that we can future proof um, and real preserve in a way that we are leaving it open. So it's not a rigid environment. And this is highly critical also for the next gens to come in because if they see that, oh, that's our legacy, uh, dot, <laughs> then how can they make their own marks? How can they add their own marks into the, uh, into the legacy? So all that is just highly critical, as you say, Paul. Yeah, and so it's all about sharing and understanding and appreciation then of what the business and the family have been through in the past. Yes. Cultivating the environment where they can build on that in a safe environment with, I guess, open and honest conversation to, to drive the legacy forward and, and probably deeper and deeper into the family and deeper into that business too. So it has a, a, real, a real benefit in terms of the longevity of, of a business potentially. Absolutely. And so if families are prior to a succession, um, if they want to enhance their engagement, if they want to align everyone around the shared value framework, a mission or a vision, if they really want to celebrate and approach an anniversary or leave a lasting legacy, all these mapping and understanding processes and sort of synthesizing um, all the family aspects is just highly relevant because um, it's just um, also through my research and through my PhD, it just comes out that um, these layers mean a lot to family members if they unearth it. So there is this whole iconology uh, from the various family members, but also uh, iconography from the family members that they can unearth through, through these exercises. And these are meaningful because they work together. It's I'm there only to mediate through the power of the arts and aesthetics and philosophy. So it's the same thing as, you know, um, when when we were thinking about time and how to synchronize time and timelines, I mean, timelines were invented in, in the 1760s and they were, uh, they, everyone wanted to sort of depict um, the empire, uh, the, the ruling times and farm achievements in, in the mid 19th century by then. So it, it was all about how can we synthesize time so that everyone is unifying around times. And then they came in the, um, the 1840s with railway time introducing, you know, so, and then the 1900s with the world time zones came in. I'm just saying that it's all about synthesizing um, and, and, and getting that um, chronophotography as well into work that, oh, we can actually capture everything that surrounds us. And although it's in a flux because everything is changing, mm -hmm. our perception of things are changing, of each other is changing. So families coming together and having that con conscious uh, attentive way of being with with the others and and having that sense of collectiveness within a family is highly critical. Yeah, and I think that's really powerful too, Zisha, in terms of the way you position that. I think the other thing we've seen a lot of in the recent years, as you say, legacy has become more of a topic of conversation, and it's more of an open mm. topic now than it maybe was in the past. And and I think you and I talk to a lot of family businesses, and once they start to tell you about their story, their pride and their passion really comes through. So I think what you're giving people is the opportunity to almost probably amplify their pride and understanding of the past and how it's shaped where they are and what they're proud to be associated with today. So that amplification, I think, is really, really important. 
Yes, absolutely. So it's this enhancement, this amplification um, for themselves so that they can cherish what they have because they, they, if they do not have that nuanced understanding that they are very much missing out. But it's even more than that. So it's not only the sense of pride that they are getting through these ex experiences and by tapping into their legacy stories and by adding their and building upon their legacy and adding all those bricks of um, the framework, um, but also they can they can really help their um, their employees and their whole community to get that sense of um, amplified sense of pride repelled into uh, their their community as well because they feel I mean we all know how uh, employees and the whole communities around families are very much cherishing all these moments so if they can get to learn more about the families and their the family's venture um, is is also a sense of pride. To them um, and I, I mean you, you you and I Paul have been having these conversations that um, but actually that all all is go I mean all around the world is going towards these sustainability uh, types of goals and understanding of of how can we make a meaningful um, impact around the world uh, in terms of families um, and it's it's really the family essence that is repelling through um, that this the the rule of engagement, the rule of the sustainability mindset, the long term horizons, the long term um, um, sort of concentration and focus uh, that is very much there and and really needs to needs to be celebrated. So um, I think all of us who are quite keen family business and family office advocates, it's something that we all share. And so how we can help families to not only uh, take their pride to the next level, but, but also really help themselves uh, to succeed even more and help succeed um, their employees and communities more is something that, that really sort of repels and, and enhances that type of belonging and cherishing of the experiences so that we can be even more successful in the future because it all comes down to everyone's appreciation, everyone's love and, and caring um, regarding family members, uh, regarding their employees and regarding um, their communi communities. T totally, and what you're describing for me is that that individual, personal and family value set that underpins mm. the very essence of what a family business is all about and has been maybe, for, as you say, for multi-generations. I, I think it's fascinating, actually, in terms of the way you talk about the, the, the asset and actually the story, the narrative, the legacy is a real asset that can be used. And I guess the successful family businesses are the ones that do appreciate their past and respect it, but build on that and share it and make sure it keeps it keeps it alive. Yes. And I mean, there's this immense amount of complexity mm. um, and they, they want to cherish that complexity, but they need to understand first the, uh, the complexity. So it's, it, uh, for me, it's always been, uh, you know, the longer the Baroque sentences and the heavier reading the book was, uh, the more I loved it. And I, I think the families and, and, and we, we all are, um, we all have that sense of, oh, we love this complexity because there is so much that we can unearth. And so there is this, um, this um, complexity element and that is a real competitive advantage, a complexity premium uh, that families need to cherish. And, and as you say, they, they, they can really um, sort of tap into that and leverage that um, and to become more, more, even more successful. And you must have seen that with some of the families that you've worked with, some of the, the, the outputs from those conversations, some of the, the things they've taken forward and are going to build on for a future generation. You must have seen some fantastic results in the work that you do. 
Yes, I mean it's it's really at the very beginning. Why are we doing this? <laughs> and then once once they get it, the, the hang of it, really, and they understand and they, the meaningful um, uh, ness of it, really, and then they bring in all more and more family members. That this is a lot of fun and there is this, you know a lot of joy in this. And actually, it helps us because I'm not taking them as a, through a journey uh, only on their legacies, but it's a journey of thinking. It's a journey of fun. It's a journey of of um, art and perspectives, um, uh, as well as uh, all the uh, the future successes that that, uh, that they can in- imagine and co-create together. Because the more they understand the various skill sets and capacities and capabilities of each and every one of them, and really play upon all those strengths, uh, the more successful they will become. And so basing all these knowledge elements and creating all these programs that are not only educational, but very much engaging and interactive and sort of really inactive, all that participatory design is just something highly, highly meaningful. So whether it's about, um, you know, first generation member trying to grasp um, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, all the legacy that they, uh, that he himself or she himself, uh, she herself, um, put together, um, uh, which normally, uh, would, in, you know, um, be encountered only in three or four generations and trying to grasp and absorb all that legacy, um, uh, that they amassed uh, w- within one generation, or if it's about 10 or 15 generations of, um, of family business and f- business family, uh, history in the making, it's the same thing. It's the understanding is the mapping processing as well as bringing together the family uh, around a shared uh, value framework and uh, and so this is uh, quite a huge innovation in family governance because it's not only basing everything on legacy based projects but it's bringing together all the the family engagement piece um, that everyone wants to achieve um, as well as focusing on the collective in- intelligence non focusing on the rigid templates <laughs> but the rule of engagement um, and really also bringing on that uh, historical and all the other layers and, 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 and aspects of, uh, of the family uh, that, that we can um, sort of uh, leverage and, and build upon. Yeah, I, I think that's fascinating. I think you touched on something that I think is really important, actually, is once you get to a multi-generational business, it's quite hard then to go back and document and understand the real essence of that founder's journey, isn't it? And, and, and mm. second generation, third generation. So trying to capture some of that so it can help shape future generations, I think, is really, really important. And we all love to go to a museum and see a great exhibition. But actually, every family business is its own museum in the making. And it's, it's taking those facets, isn't it, and really moving them forward and projecting them to be of, of real value to the family and the business and its governance going forward that, that I think is really special with the work that you do. Absolutely. Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you. And what I really love about um, the museums as well is that it's um, it really highlights the, the nature of the family and the very essence of the family. And we can um, bring it to whole new levels. Um, as we discussed earlier, it's it's um, it's really the family's decision whether they'd like to keep it for themselves or they would like to open it up for special occasions or even to the public. So it's all the family's decisions, really. Um, and I'm there to help them and guide them uh, in their journeys, whether it's the legacy journey or whether it's the commemoration of a milestone, of an anniversary, of a precious anniversary, or it's really how to build upon those blocks of a legacy um, and, and transform them and give them profound relevance to the future. So all that work is just highly critical because 
families um, have been surrounded by all these very critical eyes um, that are trying to dissect what they do and how, how they do and what why they do it. Um, and actually, there is just so much more that families bring to the table uh, that needs to be celebrated and that needs to be enhanced and built upon. Yeah, and I think on the, I just add to that the fact that actually the world is changing quite quickly at the moment. Mm. And actually, I think more and more recognition is actually being given to family businesses and all the good they do through the jobs they provide, the income they generate and the wealth they create. But actually also the philanthropic benefits of having families mm. and communities that have done such a lot to help support communities for generations, but also in the last year and a half during the pandemic. So the story and the legacy, I think, has a much wider impact on society than I think many of us probably even understand at this moment in time. And le legacy is such an important thing that we should harness. Absolutely. And, and on that note, um, uh, what, what an extraordinary uh, work that families have been um, really portraying and showcasing uh, during the past uh, one and a half, mm. uh, two years, if not for centuries, really. Um, uh, but, but it also comes down to the intentionality piece, that multi-generational um, driven uh, framework, the value framework and the intentions behind everything, what they do is just something extraordinary, really extraordinary. That is uh, really um, a, a, a prime lesson for an, anyone um, out there, in, even in the corporate world, to, to really portray and mimic um, or just try to sort of follow the roots of family businesses around, uh, around what they do, because it's something really, really critical and meaningful. Zuta, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you. I could listen to your stories and your passion for what you do is, is, is powerful. And I, I love what you do. And I love the fact that you're giving rational reason and purpose to the legacy and the stories behind these businesses because it does help them and it also helps society understand more about what they do so Sita thank you so much for your time today I look forward to catching up with you soon thank you so much uh, Paul always such a pleasure and um, many thanks again looking forward to catching up soon bye-bye take care thanks for listening I'm your host Paul Andrews signing off join us next time for more insights from the world of family business